0: Well, good morning. Glad to see everybody here this morning. For those of you who may be our guests or don't know, my name is Trevor. I'm pastor here at Round Oak. And we are super glad that each and every one of you are here this morning to worship with us. But I do want to start off a little bit different. I want to say this. We're going to do something just a little bit different today. In light of what we will be doing and what's going to be going on, as as Daryl talked about earlier, um, I want us to look at something. Because I do want us to be on the same page. Going forward as one local church body, we should be on the same page. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at something here. To know what it is, and to to know why we do certain things. What we're going to do is we're going to be doing what the screen says. Looking at what is a deacon. Because we have the votes coming up. right? We're going to be nominating people. and. Doing all that, so I want to make sure we know what it is. Because I want to ask you a real question, and if you, if we have to, we can do the close your eyes thing so you don't see, you don't know. that way no one gets embarrassed. How many of you could actually explain what a deacon is and does? Raise your hand. Now, if you explained it to me and I questioned you back, could you defend your answer? Some of you, for the most part. All right, good. Some of you don't overly know. And I will say this, there are some different things that we look at too. Um, it, what we do with deacons here at this church will be different to what deacons do down in another church. There's just discrepancies there. It just is. What they do should always be similar, but their roles are sometimes a little bit different as well. well we're going to look at that, and we're going to look at what we do with deacons here. So, again... We need to know what they are and what they do. And I want to start off by saying this. There are essentially two biblical offices that can be held by people. they are elders and deacons. And quickly, I want to make the distinction of that as we get going here. So the two roles are that of the elder, pastor, overseer, which is essentially in the New Testament, all one and the same. Elder, pastor, overseer is all the same term. He has a job to do. So if we look at 2 Timothy, real quick here. And we're going to be moving around a lot. So if you're really good with your Bible really fast, you'll be able to keep up. I will try to take my time because we're going to bounce around just a little bit. Not a ton, but enough. But again, the elder pastor overseer has a job to do. Second Timothy 4.2. That job is to preach, to teach the Word. And to care for the souls of the people. Then we can look at Titus 1:9. See, I told you we're gonna go, we're gonna move around a little quick. So if, if you can write them down, you can go double-check my work later. You can go back. But if you then if you look at Titus 1:9, it says this: Hold to the faithful message that is taught so that he will. Be able both to encourage with sound teaching and refute those who contradict it. Again, as we look at what Paul was talking about here at the end, we have Titus and and Timothy and all these other books. They're the pastoral epistles. That's what essentially my job is supposed to do. They all all that reflects on you as well. You should also be able to refute teaching. You should know it well enough. We it's for all of us, but they're called the pastoral epistles, for a a reason. But again, if the Word is not being taught, as as a pastor here at Round Oak in specific, but in general, how could I in in any way say that I love and or care about you if I'm not teaching what the Bible says? The the, the short answer is I can't. I can't be. There's no other way around it. If I'm not willing to tell you the truth, then it is honestly quite obvious that I don't care at all. I just want you to like me. And don't get me wrong, I want you guys to like me. (laughs) But, But to be fair, not at the cost of truth. I think we should all be in that boat. Would you rather have somebody lie to you to make you feel all warm and fuzzy or to tell you the truth because it's real? We, we we need to be there as well. I mean, now there's there is more to it. There's more to being a pastor, but that that's the bare bones of it. I mean, right? We're not gonna get into it, but that's that's not what we're gonna focus on here today. The focus is the other office, that of a deacon. And again, get your fingers ready, we're gonna be turning some pages here. <clears throat> Let's look at where it all started. All the way back in the book of Acts. So if you're quick again. You can run all the way back there. The book of Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And as you're turning there, I'm going to start reading it. So again, it's Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. In those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the day in the daily distribution. <coughs> Excuse me the twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said it would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of god to wait on tables brothers and sisters select from you select from among you seven good men of reputation full of the spirit and wisdom whom we can appoint to this duty but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word this proposal pleased the whole company Uh, So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Panmiraeus, and Nicholas, and uh, a convert from Antioch. They had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, the disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. Okay, real quick, that's, that, that's where it started. Another question. Just because I want you guys to be involved this morning. How many of you knew that's where we get the whole process of that's where deacons come from? How many people actually knew that? Or well, a few. Maybe half, give or take. And I'm not doing any of this to point out anything outside of the fact that it's actually fairly common that most people don't know that. And if you don't know, how are you supposed to know, right? Public service. We're doing it here today. But that's how we learn. right? We want to know what's going on. Because again, I can say here and tell you all day that we're going to have deacons, but if you had a question for me and say, why? That's the answer. That's where it comes from. We can do things all day long out of tradition, but if we don't know why, then why would we do it? right? We should be able to explain things, at least a little bit. And if we don't know, what do we do? We go find out. So again, that's where we're at. But I want to look at this. If we look at this, what is going on here? They couldn't handle all of it by themselves because they were growing in numbers. No matter who it is, no matter how good a pastor may be, he is not able to do it all. No matter what. We can't. And even if he can do certain things, he'll not be able to do those certain things without hindering other stuff. We start to get spread too wide. We start to be able to do 10 things at 10% apiece, tops. And that's no good for anybody. It's just not. Essentially saying that, from my point of view, that I wouldn't be able to do what I do without a lot of other people. It just wouldn't happen. If you're a deacon, raise your hand for me. If you're an ordained deacon, would you raise your hand for me? All those who have raised their hands, I would not be able to do what I do without you. I thank you very much. I'm serious, too. I mean, it really am. I, I couldn't do this. You know what? My phone would never stop ringing. I could never get any sleep. I could never get this prepared. I could never do any of it without the help of other people. And that's just the, the front line stuff. All the behind the scenes stuff that everybody else does as well. We're the body of Christ, not the Trevor show or the any other pastor show. That's how it works. But again, there are so many things that have to happen that we need people for. The more you do, again, the more that everything else gets less and less attention. Again, we're getting spread far too wide. No congregation can be a one-man show. So if the pastor takes care of the preaching, right? And, and the big time spiritual needs, the leading. Then the deacon takes care of everything else. I mean, quite simply, that's how it works. It takes care of the day to day, the practical side of ministry. Again, if we look at the word, what the word was translated to deacon, the word is diaconos. right? It means serve or service or to serve. And to be. Qu- very clear, the word that is used there, it's a very far-reaching word. So it's, re- it's actually a really big word. <clears throat> Who here watches volleyball or tennis? Anybody? Does anybody know if I said certain things because like three people raise their hands? What's it called when you throw the ball up and you hit it? Serve. Okay. See, You know more about volleyball than you let on to. All right. What about a waiter at a restaurant? What do they do? They serve. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Some better than others, right? <clears throat> what about when you call Danny or Wesley on the phone asking them for prayer or for help or advice? What are they doing? Serving. Now, we, we, those are three very different things. All under the umbrella of this one word. So I want to be clear. A deacon's service can be, and usually is, a very far-reaching service. Johnny, how many times have you done stuff that you never thought you would do as a deacon, but you've had to do it anyway? A lot. Two words says the whole thing. A lot. And it happens. It does. It's a far-reaching service. So I'll say this. Again, if a pastor is to preach, teach, and extort, a deacon is to be there for everything else. Everything else. It's not an easy task. In fact, I will go as far as saying it's hard. Not only do they have their own issues, the same way I have my own issues and you have your own issues, but guess what they get to deal with? Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're Sorry. And my wife's like, all right. <laughs> and they get to deal with all of yours too. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Trust me, I'm really not. If they have a bad day and you call them, guess what? They're still going to do. Answer the phone and serve you. It's not easy. Again, it's not something that you should take lightly, or that the deacons themselves should take lightly. It's hard. We shouldn't take it lightly when we're nominated. If you get your name written down on a piece of paper, don't just be like, I knew they liked me. We shouldn't take it lightly when we're called to serve. And this one's for every single person. We shouldn't take it lightly when we go to nominate somebody. It's important. It really is important. It can be a truly heavy burden. It really can. But, ask anyone who's ever served as a deacon. It can be taxing. It can be hard. There's always something that's going on. Especially in a church this size. There's always something that needs you, that's going to draw you away. Possibly even from your family, you're going to get a call and you have to go do something. There's always going to be that. But I do believe it can be rewarding. But again, the things that are rewarding are often not very easy. It usually goes the other way. If it's easy, everybody would do it kind of thing. And if everybody did it, there would be no reason for anybody to do it. We need godly men to stand up to do this. Because again, it's not easy. It's not easy. So I want you to be aware of this. Simply pray. Each and every one of us should pray. If you believe that you're being called if you believe that there's there's a man that you think would be such a good deacon, pray about it. Pray about it. If it's someone else, please talk to them. Don't just write their name down. Don't ever, ever do that. Talk to them. What if they don't want to? What if they believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is not calling them to that? Then you're going to have some issues. Just talk to them with them again because it's a big decision and as you are thinking about this as we the local church body look to nominate and then to vote for the next deacons of round oak baptist church i want you to be aware that there are qualifications we don't just get to pick and choose whatever there are certain things because i do want to say this i've seen it before when we go to nominate somebody So far off, and some people just will look around. Oh, bam! Okay, Jim Jim and John. Yep, those guys. Why? Because they're over there and they look smart. It it happens, it just happens. It's a popularity contest sometimes, too. See certain people around a lot. Like, oh, well, this person's like this. They're always there. I like them. They they also like the same you know, football team as I do. So I'm going to go ahead and put them down. I'm not saying it happens all the time or even every time or anything, but I'm saying that I have literally seen stuff like that happen. And the bigger the church is, the more likely it is to have a popularity contest instead of being an actual biblical process. It's not fun, but it's true. So again, let's look at this really quick. Again, if you have your, if you're quick, turn to First Timothy, or excuse me, Second Timothy, three verses eight through thirteen. I'm, excuse me, I said Second Timothy. Okay, it's First Timothy three through 18. I got to look at this real quick. What was, what was, it's a little different. Okay. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't something completely different, but it's first Timothy, not second Timothy. We'll get there. We're all in this together. <laughs> all right. So as we look at this, the list here is quite similar to that of pastor Overseer a little bit of a difference, and we'll just get that one main difference out of the way here right off the bat. The main difference is that the deacons do not say anything about the teaching. It doesn't say anything about being able to teach. So, deacons are not called to be able to teach, and that's not to say that they can't, because they should. That's not the main focus of their duties. So, if we look at this, again, it's not to say that they can't, but when you look at the rest of the qualifications and you add it up as a whole, uh, I, for one, think they should be able to. As a mature Christian, wouldn't you want those who are helping lead the local congregation to be able to do that? They should be able to refute bad theology. They should be enough. They should be wise enough to have enough knowledge to be able to do that. I believe so. And I do want to say this, I do believe that every single one of us here at Round Oak are blessed because we have a group of deacons that can actually do that. And if I, and if I were to say so, I think can do it well. Because if I'm not here, it's not an issue at all to have a godly man stand in for, into this pulpit and preach to you and to you actually get something out of it. And again, we just had that happen with Daryl. I've seen Johnny up here before. I've seen a lot of these guys up here before. They can do that. I am grateful for those who serve in that capacity. I really and truly am. Because again, I've been at other churches where that was not the case at all. There were not men who were willing to serve. If I was going to be on vacation or if I got called out of town for a funeral, I had to take weeks. If I had, not for a funeral, obviously, but if I was going to leave, it took me weeks to find somebody to fill the pulpit. It was hard, it wasn't easy. Here, if I'm not going to be here next week, if an emergency called me away, I want to prove something to you, and I don't think they're going to lie to you. Daryl, would you fill the pulpit if I can't be here? What about you, Russ? Danny, could you do it? Do your best. Johnny and Wesley, you guys could, right? That's five, and it took me five seconds to get an answer. I'm not going to lie, this is the first place I've ever had that in my whole life. I am truly grateful for people like that. So, yes, for them. Thank you. There's a lot more. we can name more. We have Jason back there. We have Steve right here. He shook his head no, but he's going to say yes one of these days. (laughs) But we have men who will. We really do. And (laughs) And when we are going again one more time to nominate people, think about such things. Really? Really? So let's look at this list of qualifications. Paul gives a list of of nine qualifications for a deacon. And I'm going to hurry up as fast as I can because we don't need to be here all morning, but we're going to look at all nine. Don't worry, they're short. My list is short here. But we're still going to look at all this because it's important to understand. I want to read this real quick. We'll start in verse 8. And we'll read through verse 13 of chapter 3 of second, or First Timothy. That's going to throw me off for the rest of the morning. All right, Starting in verse 8. Deacons, likewise, should be worthy of respect, not hypocritical, not drinking a uh, lot of wine, not greedy for money, holding the, to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. They must also be tested first. If they prove blameless, then they can serve as deacons. Wives, too, must be worthy of respect, not slanders, self-controlled, faithful in everything. Deacons <clears throat> deacons are to be husbands of one wife, managing their children and their households completely. For those who have served well as deacons acquire a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith that is in Jesus Christ. Okay, so if we look at this first one, the first one I'll look about is respectable. If we look at this first word, as we look at the... The qualifications that Paul lays out here, respectable, it refers to something that is honorable, that is dignified. I haven't wrote down the word, which I don't use very often, but esteemed. Kind of a big deal. We know what respectable is. Each and every one of us knows what respectable means. If you looked at somebody, you're going to prejudge them, and assume whether they're respectable or not. If you looked at me, I don't look too bad today, you know. But if I had maybe holes in my jeans and just like a tank top on, you would think less of me. You just would. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just giving you a, a reference, an example. But we all know what respectable means. If you are not a deacon, it does not mean that you are not respected. We have to look at that. We have to think there are people who are called apart, who stand apart. That God has called for certain things. Again, it doesn't mean that they're more godly. It doesn't mean that their faith is more. It doesn't mean anything outside of the fact that God has called that person to do something and that we should see it. I'll give you a really good example. Beth can play the guitar better than probably anybody I know or definitely anybody here. As far as I know. But does that mean she has more faith than anybody here? No, it means she was willing and obedient to learn the guitar when God called her to do it. Now, if you want to usurp her and take her throne up here and say, hey, I want to be the worship leader or whatever, then you got to get really good, right? You're not going to pray your way into that one. You guys should have to practice because God was going to say "Is something along the lines of I've given you ability. Now go home that ability. You're not going to wake up one morning and be able to play the guitar like that. So if you want to do that, you got to do that. The same concept with it being a deacon. If you want to be one, you actually have to be obedient and do what you're called to do. And that again leads to being a respectable person because again, you are to be a part apart. You're different than a normal congregation member. But we're going to keep going. Number two is not hypocritical. We look at that. You uh, you might have a version that says something like uh, maybe not hypocritical or not double-tongued. We know what that word means. The more we look at these list of qualifications, we know what they are. Too far off and we just kind of set them off to the side because we don't want to hear certain because I really like you know, somebody for a deacon, but I know that they're a certain way, so I'm just going to ignore the qualifications. We have to remember that one too. Those who are hypocritical say one thing, and then something else to others say one thing to one person, but something else that would contradict the same exact thing. Again, we know what this means. One thing to your face, another thing behind your back say one thing, but then mean something else altogether. I could say, my favorite football team is the Cowboys, but what I really mean is they're the worst football team ever. Amen. <laughs> he put me up to it. He's praying for me now. <laughs> but again, what it means is they can't be trusted. It's that quick. It's that quick. So if, if, if I said one thing to you and you found out that I was completely lying, what else am I lying to you about? I mean, it happens that fast. I'm not going to say that none of the deacons have ever told a lie or have ever, never misspoke. Nothing like that because they're in front of a sin all the time. But what's the general direction? Are we purposely doing these things? Are we trying to say one thing to one person and another thing to another person so that we can get both of them to like me so I can puff up myself a little bit more? Is that what we're doing? Because that is the danger and the warning here. Deacons can't have that. Deacons can't have that. <clears throat> keep going though. Actually, I wrote one more thing that I want to say. They lack credibility. And I wanted to say that because I like that because it for me anyway, it drives it home. Lack credibility. Can't count on them. But number 3, we'll keep going. Sorry about that. It says uh, not drinking a lot of wine. It's the addiction. The compulsion that you cannot not have a drink. And it goes with a lot of stuff. We can't trust people who are completely addicted to one thing, who will literally throw you under the bus to get the one thing that they want. I'm not going to lie. That addiction can be lots of stuff. And here we're talking about alcohol, so that's what we're going to stick with. But again, it's, you can't go without it Because it's a clear sign of somebody that lacks a self-control. And that can be lots of stuff. I know a lot of people who are addicted to a lot of things that are perfectly legal and you would never think would hurt you until it does. But the addiction, the compulsion, a clear sign of somebody who has no self-control and who has no discipline. Because you can't simply say no ever. Keep going though. Number four, not greedy for money. Quite simply, if you're greedy for money, then you will do all you can to get and then hold on to and keep that money. Temptations can rise. People will hand you money a lot as a deacon, as a pastor as well. Like here, I, I wasn't able to get there Sunday. Would you put this you know, in, 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 the, in the offering plate? Or hey, I want to pay for, I want to give you $10,000 for the, 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 the last commission. So now I, I hand Johnny ten thousand dollars. He has, I can buy a lot of used cars for this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just can't. It's they just they're just flowing this morning. I apologize. I apologize. but the temptation can rise really, really fast, and if all you care about is money, or trying to get some kind of dishonest gain, it's going to smack you in the face, and you're going to go down hard and for the count. He should not be put in that position because of the temptation, lest he right? Keep it going though. Should be sound in faith and in life. This is the need for sound faith. Not saying that the deacon's going to know everything. Not saying that they're going to know everything. Or even that he'll never be wrong. But it's that he's going to strive after God. Wanting to know more. We should always want to know more. We should always want to go after and seek after and, and just run after God. That would include knowing more. Growing in our walk with Him each and every day. We should be studying and then believe what the Word of God says. And when he is wrong, rely on what the Bible says to change his mind. Instead of trying to read into Scripture to get what you want out of it. And then he'll turn and hold to the truth of Scripture, to the truth of the Gospel, to the revelation that God has given us of Jesus Christ, and he'll do so without wavering. He'll say, I trust the Bible even when I'm wrong. And that's what we have to have. And if it was me, I, I didn't make up the list. I'm not disagreeing with Scripture. But for me, that should be close to the top of the list. Do they believe what the Bible actually says? That That, that should be something that you shouldn't even be on any list if you don't believe that. It's not... This is not merely what he believes, but it also shows what he believes in practice. In practice. Is his life consistent with his beliefs? That one's a little bit harder. And you notice I said consistent. I didn't say perfect with his beliefs. Not even close. Because everybody would be disqualified. Anybody from all time would be disqualified. Is it consistent? Again, we'll never be sinless, but we should sin less. Right? That's the point. That's what we want to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Number six. To be blameless. Blameless. Again, we're, if you're trying to follow along, we're, we're about in verse 10 here now. <clears throat> so they must be also tested first. If they prove blameless, they can serve as deacons. Paul writes, must be tested now, if we look at that, blameless is, is a general term, even the way it's written here. It's a general term. It's not saying, again, that they're perfect. Again, now is the case, no church in the world would ever have a deacon. But it's referring to a deacon's overall character. And don't get me wrong, if, if you don't know somebody good enough to be able to, guess the word is judge, judge their overall character, you should never in 100 years put them up for nomination, or even vote for that person. Because if you can't judge their character, that they are a good overall character, if they're blameless, if they don't know God, if they're not walking with God well, if you don't know that, how are you supposed to vote for them and say, yes, you should be a deacon? Short answer, you can't. And don't do it. Don't do it. We need to see these things. It's a, It's a. a. It's important. Please understand how big of a deal this is. For That matter, you wouldn't have a deacon, a pastor at all if we don't know that person's character at least a little bit, get to know them to understand things. But again, it's, for, it's referring to that overall concept. He should also be tested. Now, this, <clears throat> excuse me, now what this test consists of, consist of, it's not mentioned. It, it, Paul doesn't give an outline and say, this is exactly what you do but we can fully assume that at a minimum it would include a looking at their background, right? Look at the personal background of the person, their reputation, their theological beliefs, right? Also their spiritual, their moral and their doctrinal maturity. That's a big deal too. Not to mention their track record and their commitment and their service to the local church. I just want to look at this real quick before we move on. So if we look at their personal background, their reputation, their theological positions, their spiritual, moral, and doctrinal maturity, and their track record here at the local church, if if we're missing some of that, why would you want them to lead the local church? I mean, honestly, if anybody has an, an answer for that one, please speak up right now. So I'm going to take it that you didn't say anything, feel free to not vote for people who aren't on that list. I mean, it it really is. And again, we're not saying just because you can't vote for somebody that, that that they're trash or they're garbage or they're not saved. Not by any means. We have to realize that certain people are called to do certain things. Certain people are disqualified from doing certain things. It's not me who makes up the rules just in case you're unaware. Sometimes we have to come to an agreement with God, not saying that He changed His mind, but we have to come to that agreement with God and say, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. Just because I disagree with you doesn't mean that you're wrong. I have to change my mind. Who am I to disagree with God at any given point? If He says something and we don't like it, again... I will give you two chances to answer, but you're only going to need one. Who is wrong? But we continue. Number seven, a godly wife. A godly wife. Who we have in our corners matters. Does anybody here like boxing? i got a couple. All right, I love boxing. If they don't have a good manager their chances of winning or at least succeeding go down big time. If they don't have somebody that's there for them, that's encouraging them, their training will suffer and therefore their match will suffer. If we don't have people in our corners, as Paul writes here about the deacon's wives being a certain way, our chance of success, like visual success, will go down. Time and time again, studies prove that's true. That's both in the church and out of the church. Time and time again, it will show that that is the case. But again, Paul writes that deacons' wives, verse 11, too, must be worthy of respect, not slanderous, self-controlled, and faithful in everything. It's hard to get away from certain things, certain stereotypes. So we have to realize, not only in the church but out of the church, the world, people, everybody else is watching. If you're a deacon or their family, if you're a pastor or the family, <clears throat> everybody wants to watch you. Everybody wants. To, I believe it was um, Christy who said it's a fishbowl. Everybody can see you. Everybody, everybody wants you to mess up. Not everybody. Some people want you to mess up. Because they want to show you those certain point. They want to see something. So, it, oh, that man is godly and he's screwed up. There's only two reasons: either they want to cut you off the knees or they want to be able to send to him like, well, when they get caught, they can say, Hey, Trevor did it. I saw, I saw Steve messing around doing this the other day. That means I can do what I want because I'll just throw him under the bus and he's a deacon. And I say this. To say that because wives you're in the same boat same boat and if a husband and a wife are one flesh then the way we portray ourselves will reflect on the other every single time Just something to think about it's hard it's not easy To be called to do something in the church is never easy. And if you think it's easy, you are in the wrong position. Every single time. It's not meant to be easy. It's meant to be good, but good does not mean easy. Number eight, we're going to keep going here. Husband of one wife. I mean, that's pretty simple. That's pretty straightforward. He is a one-woman man. No other woman in his life, right? No polygamy, no Mormonism stuff. I mean, it's pretty simple. He will be devoted to his wife. Devoted. No side girls. Again, I'm just pointing out pretty, pretty straightforward. If I need to clarify... More, we the, the, the current deacons will have to pray for you because this one's going to get weird. But we're going to keep going. Number nine, he will manage his household well. He must manage his house. As in, he must be the spiritual leader of his home. There is a created order, especially within the church, that says that the husband, the man of the house, is over the house and should be the spiritual leader in and through everything. And it's not saying that his wife is perfect. It's not saying that his kids are perfect. It's not saying that he always makes the right decisions. But it is saying that he consistently tries to do what is right. What he believes God is calling him to to do based on what Scripture says. Again, it's a trajectory trajectory. It's not about always being right or always being perfect. It's about going a certain direction. We all fail. Every one of us fail. But again, it's about consistently trying to do what is right. And when wrongs happen, when things go downhill, he corrects it. He makes that correction. If your kids get in trouble, you do something to correct it. If your wife gets in trouble, she tells you that you're wrong. I just got a weird glance. I I had to change what I was going to say. But we do things to correct, and we lead our family spiritually. And if we're not doing that, or at least trying to do that, if if you haven't prayed with your husband, prayed with your wife, prayed with your kids, kids with your parents, if we haven't done that recently at all, if you don't even take a time to pray at night, if you're not bringing them here, if you're not trying to get them to Bible studies, Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday, whatever, If it, all that. If you're not doing that, I, I need you to ask yourself a quick question, why? Why are you not doing these things? And if you come up with any reason, that's cool. I want you to imagine Jesus Christ is right in front of your face and say, you're not good enough for my time. I had something else better to do. Is anybody willing to do that? Because a deacon should be willing to say, no, you're not going to do these extra things. We're going to worship as a family. Because that's the most important thing. When something goes wrong, he corrects it. He brings it into alignment. And usually he can bring it back into alignment at least a little bit or at least have a trajectory because the Holy Spirit already hit him in the frying pan in the face concept, already did that to him, and now it's going to go to his family. Because as a spiritual leader, you're the first one who gets it. You're typically the first one that the Spirit says, all right, you are messing up. Fix it. We have to see that. Again, he corrects it. So where does the Bible say that the pastor overseer is charged with the task of preaching, teaching, and leading? The deacon, as we look at all those, is service-oriented where my job is to preach and to teach and to be there and to guide and direct and to exhort Daryl and Steve and Johnny and Russ and Ray, Cliff. All these people, right? Everybody. Jimmy's. I mean, I can name all of you guys. You're to serve. And it's a hard thing to keep doing. But you serve taking care of the physical, temporal needs of the church. And again, it's not an easy task. But I hope that I shed some light on what it means because when we serve each other, that means we're also serving Jesus Christ. And if we're not serving Jesus Christ and we're not serving others, then we have a whole host of issues. Because we can't love Jesus and hate His church. And if we're not showing that we love the church, we do not love Jesus. Those go hand in hand. And again, loving is not always just being all nice. And, oh, I hope you have a great day. You can do whatever you want. No, sometimes it's teaching and correcting and rebuking. If you want me to show you the Scriptures, we can, but that's what we do. If we're not willing to tell the truth, the first thing we talked about, if we're not willing to tell them the truth, how can we ever say that we love somebody? Because if you're not telling the truth, how can you say you love somebody and you're lying directly to their face? saying, you know what? You don't need the truth. You're going to be separated from God for all of eternity. Enjoy your temporal sins here on earth. How is that loving? In any sense of the word. Short answer, it's not. We have to look at that, though. Again, I hope I shed some light on that for you and that you consider who will be a part of the next deacon body. As we look at people who want to serve, who can serve, who are eligible, who are wanting to follow God closer and closer each and every day. I do sincerely hope that you think about these things. As our service to Christ is at the top of any list. It's at the top of every list. I'll say that one more time. That I like to tell people like this. that When we look at it, they say, well, Jesus is number one in my life. I'll say, He shouldn't be number one. He should be over everything. In everything. Number one, it's a position. God has no position. God is in and over everything that you do. Whether it's the top of the list or the bottom of the list, God is over that. And if we don't make Jesus first in all we do, whether we get voted in or not as a deacon, it will suffer. If we don't make Jesus the, the overarching concept of everything we do, our worship on a Sunday morning will suffer. If we don't make Jesus The umbrella concept of our entire life that goes over everything, our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, repeated forever, will always suffer. That's not just for those who might be deacons. That's for each and every one of us. If we're not willing to put Jesus in the front of everything, at top and over everything, and in everything that we do, then we are going to struggle. And I hope we see that. Because what we believe when it comes to who Jesus is will reflect in everything that we do. Everything that we do. Whether we go shopping, we're at work, we're at a baseball game, we're at church, we're serving on a deacon board. What we believe about Christ will show up in everything that we do. Always. And that will reflect on how we serve and treat others in the church. So again, I just want to say that as I'm closing. What is a deacon? It's someone who serves. Do you have somebody in mind that you would nominate? If you do, talk to them. Again, we'll go right back to that. We're going to finish up the way we started. If you have somebody in mind, talk to them. Maybe they don't want to. Maybe they're scared. Maybe your prayer for them might be what pushes them over the ledge one way or the other. But we want to serve Jesus first. He is in everything that we do. Then we're going to vote for people who are going to be the next deacons of this church body. That's not something we just kind of do willy-nilly. And if you've done that before to where it's just kind of ho-hum, please don't. Please stop. It's important. It's very important. Because again, our service to God starts every day when we wake up and it goes every single day and will reflect in everything that we do. And we want people who are leading this church body to reflect God in a way that the world will know that we follow Christ. That we are a praying church. That we're a caring church. That we preach the truth here no matter what. We can't do that with just ho-hum, willy-nilly leaders. It won't work. It can't happen. But again, just something to think about. Something as we go forward here, really look at it and pray about it. Because it's important. Never think that it's not important. Any job. Any job. Father, again, we thank You for everything that You do and who it is that You are. Lord, we thank You that You would set up the governance of a church in a certain way that you, You've laid it out for us. That there shouldn't be discrepancies. But Lord, we can look to Your Word and what it says and know, Lord, that You have somebody and some people and things set up for us to where if we follow You, we can have something that will work. Though it is corrupted by men, Lord, we know that we can trust You in Your process and everything that You do. Again, Lord, help us as a church, as your local church, as Round Oak Baptist Church, to go forward looking for the leaders that you have called to lead, so that we can do all the things that you have called us to do. Again, Lord, we thank you for everything that you do. We love you, Lord, and praise you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.